Hello everyone, uh, this is Brandon Downs, captain of the Magic Team for Sequoia Gaming. This episode is a little bit rough on the audio. It gets better about halfway through. I did my best to edit what I could. I'm going to apologize ahead of time though. Uh, I hope that you all still enjoy this Brasculus episode. When he comes back, we'll have the podcast up to its regular quality. Thank you very much. Enjoy, fam. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Spagoy Gaming. My name is Brandon Downs. Everyone calls me Tom Locke. I'm the captain of the Magic team. And as always, I am joined by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, fam? Oh. How y'all doing? Um, hey, uh, Sean. Caroline. That that's not Brasky, right? That's not. You're right. Hold okay. on. Okay. I was so worried. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, Brasky looks really different today." <laughs> different locale. Well, Brasky, like at the end of the last podcast, if you're listening, um, <gasps> I, Whoa, I, shoot, we I got fired rid of Brasky. Him. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. It was the trash. So uh, we're in the dark timeline now. Christopher Robin, come back. <laughs> we don't know how to live without you. Uh, Just another day for me, I Hey, what's up? So speaking of knowing how to live, how was uh, everybody's life in magic this last week? We'll All right, with... I'm going to give you, that was a pass. That was a pretty good thing. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you that minus because one. you haven't really introduced yourself at all. And we're I not did gonna... introduce myself. I said, I'm Brandon, Tom Locke, captain of the magic team. Well, you lied and said everybody calls you Tom Locke, which is just not true. <laughs> Everyone for him. I was in I was in Michaela's chat, and uh, Michaela calls him Tom Locke. So yeah, I know she told me that. That's very right. that's I, very good. One moment, I'll try again. All right. Hi, I'm Brandon Downs, aka Tom Locke. Everyone calls me beautiful. I'm the captain of the Magic Team. Excited. That's to very start true. I'll give you that. That one was true. Cast friends and magic. podcast filled just just with laughter magic gathering and friends all right and Where trolls. do i fit in mostly <laughs> trolls <laughs> lots of trolls tonight i'm sure caroline how was your week in magic hey my week was magic well my week was magic it was also great in magic um so this week in magic i got to do something kind of cool i got to be in my opinion i was going to be this casual gamer uh, that was signing up for a legacy tournament, um, which I know is not really considered casual, but it was very casual to me. I was playing mono or red, black goblinos, um, and I wasn't really expecting to do well. I was mostly just going to dip my feet in the legacy format, figure out what's going on. I will say I got a little tricked. Um, not only was it like we had to do deck lists, which I was annoyed about, each deck when we got there and like physically go through each card, uh, proxies were also allowed, and so they had to check all the proxies to make sure that they were legitimate in the sense that they communicated the card name. And then we got like there were deck checks throughout the tournament. It was ran at competitive REL, and I was like, "What is this? I just wanted to play Legacy." But the I did. I made top eight. It was great. <laughs> um, I actually played against like five blue decks and one. Yeah, no, I played against five blue decks, and then in the, in the quarters, I played against a, a mono white deck whatever it's called, Death 
in taxes. That's what it's called. Uh, turns out Galbino's really good against blue cards. Just saying. They just like, draw to... more cards than them, right? Yeah, like... getting them to 20 was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. You guys know that there's a card in this format that's a one mana, one, one goblin that when it does damage to your opponent, you get to put a goblin into play for free. <laughs> that's not even yeah. the best goblin either. That's just one of the good ones. That's one, in my opinion. That card <laughs> won me really so good many against games. Blue. Wasn't Ringleader the one? Ringleader's the one that like draws you like four cards. Yeah, right? Ringleader's really good. The card that won yeah. me the most games was um, it was the black four drop. Um, is not yeah it was not siege gang it was like the smaller version of siege gang yeah it's like new um, card right yeah Something it's from... command it's like wannabe siege gang commander yeah it's literally <laughs> like it's so close to siege gang i can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. but anyway that card was really good because you would just kill them from nowhere it was so good nice. um so yeah i got a ton of, ton of fun playing legacy uh, i have to admit all of my opponents even though we're running this like weird competitive tournament and everyone all the organizers was very like it's competitive you guys are competing. This is great. The competitors were not that way. Like most people were just really excited to play legacy. It's not a format that's supported very often. Um, so a lot of players are playing their pet decks and just excited to be there. Everyone was very friendly. Um, I had brought some friends with me as well. So I had, you know, a good little, little group going around and yeah, I think I had a great time. Uh, that was mostly my weekend in magic. Nice. Nice. How about you, Eric? Um, well, uh, for the magic part of it, um, I tested a ton of Pioneer because I hadn't before this weekend really locked in a deck. Um, I really wanted to figure out something for, for Phoenix. Uh, I tried a bunch of stuff and I guess we'll get a little bit into what I've decided on later, but I did end up deciding on a deck. Um, and then the weekend kind of ended with a, uh, a non, like me playing magic um big announce or like big uh big news type of thing i applied for the mtg creator program which is a program run by mtg arena and stream elements and they accepted me into the program so i get to do a bunch of like these really really cool um like they're not like contests but they basically give you like a goal and if you complete that goal you like record your video of that and you send it to them and then they give you things for your for your stream viewers to see or sometimes you to have um to make your stream a little bit better or whatever and and so i played first um one of those today and we got to nyx bloom ancient and ended up casting a crisis for 52 a hydrate crisis <laughs> for 52 drew a bunch of cards and then i was yeah. like i still had like something like 50 mana left over and i didn't really know what was going on but i was running out of time so i just cast a finale of devastation for a lot I actually tuned in at this exact moment. Like when you were like, I don't think I can use the Hydra Creases for all my mana. What do I do? Yeah, because if I actually used it for all my mana, I would just deck, right? So I couldn't do that. And, and then, I was like, what is happening? Is that the it was super is, cool. Is Nick's Ancient the one where if you tap a mana source for mana, you add triple that mana or something? Yeah, but yeah, it, works, it was it works wild. With, like the mana dorks and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so like we had like um we had the leyline of abundance, we had Nissa, we had like a bunch of stuff, and I just like started tapping my mana, and like normally you can just kind of like get a good grasp of what's going on, but like a after a while it's like you have twenty nine blue and thirty one green, and I'm like that's those aren't numbers. What is going there was, on? There was a point where Conan could not add the numbers forty five and nine together. <laughs> He's like, yes. how much do I make Hydra Crisis for? And for some reason, it was really important to you that you did it for exactly the amount of mana. 
instead of being like, I'll just do it for 46. I'm sure. Fine. <laughs> That's like how hydrocrisis works, right? Is like you cast it for exactly or like minus one, right? I know, Those but you could have just jammed any number there and it would have been fine. <laughs> uh, like, I, I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah. Well, You're... one thing I was thinking what you should have done, Eric, is you should have taken your, your deck total. Like you should have looked at your deck and said, okay, there's 33 cards left. And then oh, yeah, cast, it for, yeah, cast it for 66 and then just have it auto pay. So then it draws your whole deck and then, then you're going to for sure draw the finale. Or no, I guess you need to leave one card left. Yeah, yeah. Leave in one you don't have to actually get a creature with finale, right? No. You no. Get, you, you, they just oh, get you plus get it from your 10, graveyard. Yeah. You can get it from your graveyard. So yeah, you could have oh, just yeah, done yeah. exactly exactly zero. It will just auto pay, and then it will probably use the druid or the um. I can't remember what that card was. The O three that um. The kindred. No, the one or... that uh. The one that puts counters. Incubation on druid. Incubation druid. Yeah. So that yeah, one, but like, like, that's, that's the other thing too, is right. Is like I wanted to make sure that I had enough mana to uh, to pay for the the thing, which I obviously did. But yes. I just like my like the, with the timer coming down, I was like, I don't know, numbers are flying yeah. at me. I'm just gonna cast it, things. It was <laughs> very fun to watch. I really, I know these are the the type of challenges where you have to submit a clip. So I think that that clip is a plus for that challenge. It was <laughs> so good. You were freaking out. Chat was freaking out. Like it was great. Hawks just in yeah. the matrix. Just numbers are flying everywhere. <laughs> I I watch a lot of Hawks streams and they're very like, hey, this is the best deck. Like, okay, let's make the best decisions. Um, and then this was just not that. <laughs> and it was great. I was very outside of my my norm my my normal comfort zone. Yeah, I yeah, loved amazing. it. All right. Uh, how about you, Sean? How's your week in Magic? Um, it was fairly on a I don't really have any Magic coming up this week, so the only thing I did was ran two different decks through Pioneer Leagues. I played uh, Esper Hero to a 3-2 finish, like pretty medium, and then I played Blue-White uh, and got a 4-1 finish with that. So that's all the Magic I really played this week, so. Right. It was a fine week. I'm just kind of um, figuring out what I want to play for my two pioneer tournaments I have uh, towards the end of the month. So I'm going to play some Demir Inverter tomorrow, I think. Speaking of uneventful, the opposite of uneventful is what happened last week with two players to our events, one in Europe and one in uh, Japan, and the Asia Pacific players tour, the Asia Pacific players tour was won by Bant Spirits. The European players tour was won by Swedish Sultai. Uh, you all were ex have different decks that you are excited about that you were excited to see. I'd like to start off with Eric talking about what he was excited by seeing or what he thinks the new hotness is coming out of this event. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like on the European side, um, there was like a lot of uh, the deck that I'm going to talk about. But it didn't do super hot, except for in one player's hands. But in the the, the Asia Pacific side, uh, it actually like kind of overperformed. And um, that deck is the blue black inverter deck. Um, they had five copies, um, uh, five ish copies, I guess, into the top eight of the Asia Pacific, with only one in the top eight of the um, Europe. Uh, the reason I say five ish is most of them are like a blue black control style deck. Um, then, um, rather than like, like the other version, which is going to be like a mono splashing for inverter, 
um, which is one one of the uh, decks in jo uh, Japan in the Asia Pacific. Um, it, it just like felt like every time I was watching that deck be played, uh, it just like felt like it was doing something that the like the format wasn't really ready for. It wasn't as like powerful, or it was more powerful than what anybody else was doing. Um, and it was just like really, really, really interesting to watch because it's not like a deck that I would normally like. You normally wouldn't see myself playing recently. Uh, I played decks like this in the past, um, but like I'm not usually one of the people to be casting like opt and and cancel and stuff like that. Um, but I think because of how powerful this deck is, I'm like really excited to um, actually like I, I was really excited to see it play out. And um, I don't. I just thought it was really, really cool to see a deck like this in Pioneer. Uh, with Pioneer being a format where I thought it was going to be more powerful than it was, and then it just, like, everything kind of felt flat, but then the Inverter deck kind of, I don't know, showed that there is a lot of power in this Pioneer, so. Yeah, I really like how the Inverter deck, like, kind of plays out, like, the play patterns you have to involve when you play the Inverter deck. It just, like, I liked, did you watch the SCG coverage where it was, I think it was Inverter, like an Inverter mirror match in the finals? Did you see that at all, Hawk? Uh, I did not watch the SCG. Unfortunately, okay. it's really hard for me personally to, like, watch team events, but I know sure. people love team events, so yeah. I don't want to, like, you know, knock on them, but it's just, like, yeah. I, I, like I, when I watch it, I like, what, like to watch a format of, like, specific people. I do like a lot mm -hmm. of people in the SCG, um, but yeah. it's, it's, like, really hard when they keep swapping formats and such. Yeah, so it was like Edgar Maga is it Magal Magiyesh? Magiyesh. Okay, I don't know how to say his name. Sorry about that. Um, but he was playing against someone else in the blue black inverter matchup, and the opponent that Edgar is playing against like ends up inverting, and they have like six cards in their graveyard, and Ed have like a chance. Thought sees his opponent, so he thought sees them, and then like. He ends up playing Jace Wielder of Mysteries because his opponent had scribed to the top and kept. So he played Jace Wielder of Mysteries and then milled him to mill the Thassa's Oracle. So just like, that was pretty cool. So then the opponent was just left with a 6-6 six, six with like four cards that did nothing in his library. So I think the play patterns are really cool and rewarding. Um, the I wonder how, I haven't played any of the deck yet. Do you think the deck's like super hard to play then? I haven't played any of it. So um, it's so stressful. Yes. So one of the or one of the things that Caroline did bring up in our team meeting was that uh, she does believe that the deck is very stressful because you do basically kind of just like play it and hope your opponent doesn't have anything. Um, that is like one of the things that I have learned throughout the years from playing Affinity, um, where a lot of the times your, your opponents like the interaction spells in Modern usually only cost one mana, right? So like, every, like you, a lot of the times you're like, well, they had two draws before, so all right, whatever. I'm just going to like throw everything on this Ravager and throw this Ravager onto the Sinkbuff Nexus and hope they don't have anything, right? right? So like I definitely have that in me to just like kind of like, you know, use, use I guess, like deductive reasoning and statistics to just like do something like that. Um, but it is, it is like they're definitely fearful. But then the other thing is, is like Ben and I were testing the, the Inverter Mirror and it feels a lot like... Um, just like getting your like it's a lot of positioning in the beginning or in the in the early mm -hmm. games uh where you are you do some things that you normally wouldn't do um so like intentionally like keeping cards at like a certain spot so that you don't accidentally draw them um i found myself like digging through time 
and then seeing like the inverter and I'm like, well, I need that combo piece, but it's like, well, it's really bad if Ben like thoughts he's now because I don't have any like thing to set up. So I end up like putting it on the bottom for like more draw spells so that when I have more mana, I can like set it up so that I have inverter plus the combo all in one turn. Um, and so it was like really interesting to like to like hide cards from thought seasons and stuff. And I, th I think there's like a lot of weird play that goes on with the deck, which is really cool. Yeah, I think the dynamic of like if your opponent has an inverter, you're like not necessarily, but you're almost priced into playing your own inverter, hoping they don't have it so that like you're back to even. So I think that it's a really cool dynamic that the mirror uh, has to it, at least, I think. Yeah. And there was like a, also like a really cool game where um we got to set up like a was it inverter like inverter shuffled an inverter and like two win conditions into the deck and then so like basically what we could do is we could just like loop these in like the 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 10 spells that got shuffled back in and the 10 spells were like all very powerful so it was like a draw a mobile spell like a hero's downfall and then just like it was like okay well i'll get these 10 cards back and then if that, if that fails, I can just, like, shuffle back in the all the cards that would go to my graveyard again. And then they basically just have, like, a six-card deck with, like, these, like, discard spells and the counter spell and all that stuff. So they do that. Um, I played a little bit of the Sultai version that came out kind of Monday early this week. It was basically someone posted that they 5-0'd with it. And it looked like it was as if the Sultai control or, like, Sultai midrange and Blue Black Inverter, like, had a baby and turned it into a definite Uro in it. Um, so I actually was super curious because I'd been playing a ton of Sultai, and so I had some like feelings on the deck and some understandings, and I was like, oh, I've wanted to try this inverter thing, but I was kind of scared to try it myself. So kind of like really incentivizing. Um, yeah, it was really incentivizing me to try an inverter deck with like a bit of a comfort of the Sultai like framework. Um, it it um it went kind of bad like the deck was pretty hard but one thing that i really liked about the soul session you could control your graveyard a lot more because um you have uro as well as dig through time whereas in the blue black deck you just have dig through time so uro can really clean your graveyard um and you can combo on the same turn a lot more often i think than you could in the blue black deck um, and you were definitely more of a combo deck. So you would often play like Sylvian, Sylvan Carry did, um, you know, an Uro, give some ramp. And then on the turn, you would just go like Inverter Thassa's Oracle on the same turn um, after, you know, cleaning your graveyard to be exactly either, you know, one or two spells that would that would make Oracle win. Um, it was very interesting. I, I don't, I'm not going to register that deck at a tournament, but it did help me understand how stressful casting inverter is and like those mirror matches that eric was talking about like are just giving me nightmares because the one thing that i was so bad at and this was like really easy to fix on on moto i would just keep forgetting to take a screenshot of my opponent's graveyard sometimes i would be f6 but sometimes i wouldn't and then i'd be like shoot i know all six cards of their deck i just can't remember what they are um, and so at a Grand Prix, obviously, in a PT, it would be very important for you to take the time to write them down. Um, but at, like at my desk, I just kept forgetting. And I'm like, shoot, I know what the cards are, but I can't remember. Yeah, oh. that is that is something if uh, if you get to listen to this before the Grand Prix, make sure that you bring like a notepad or like something like that. Because like 
I know that most people like write down like, you know, um, life totals and stuff like that. You have to write it down on, on uh, pen and paper, but a lot of people have like those boogie boards. This might just be one where you just like actually want pen and paper because like the boogie board, unless they're like you can take pretty detailed notes or like you have like one of those large boogie boards, it might just be like really tough to do it otherwise. Yeah, and then I think um, be kind of careful. Like it is in your right to do it, uh, but you have to do it in a reasonable time. So if for some reason your opponent inverted and they have like 20 cards left, um, they it may be difficult for you to do it. I think anything less than 10 and it's kind of reasonable, if you can say, oh, one second, can I look at your graveyard? Um, you have every right. You, sh you should not be running into an opponent that says, no, you can't. <laughs> so, yeah. so don't stress too much about that. Yeah, it's um, like... Uh... It's like when you had surgical extraction, et cetera, or things, th things, things that search your opponent's library, you're not allowed to write down your opponent's entire library. Uh, but you are notes. allowed to write notes. Right, but you're allowed to write notes. So uh, just be aware that you'll be expected to complete your note writing in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Um, cool. It's very similar to people that play limited and want to write down every card you've cast. Don't be those people. That is slow playing for sure. What well, what was the format that had? Uh, it was something where cards would go to the bottom of your library. Are you talking about the oh, the seven okay. drop green sorcery, the great the great expanse? No, where you, like, it was like up a, a common. It was like a spell that people played a lot. I thought it was Terminus. No, no, no. Um, there was a card in limited where people would reveal. They would reveal cards until they got like um like a creature or a spell or something. It was it was a spell. It was you could play spells you could play a spell off your opponent's deck and they cascaded into it. Wow. Um I can't remember what it was called. But people used to write down their opponent's entire library doing this spell. Mm. Oh my gosh. Someone one of our tens of listeners will let us know. <laughs> Card of the week is up to you, listener. This yeah. week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't say the words card of and week in the same sentence. Uh, card of the podcast. Card of the thank podcast. Thank you. Thank excuse, you. Our, we, we don't have any lawyers, and I don't want to know if they. So. <laughs> I mean, like the, what's it called? The, um, uh, there's a blue, there's a blue rare that does that, and it finds a, it finds a creature. They mail until they find a creature. Polymorph? No, it used oh, to be, it used to be in the sideboard of, uh, of storm which is like why i'm really upset that i don't remember it no it's definitely so, a it's a five mana blue spell though bribery no, no bribery Ta finds things that is tele teleman performance yeah it yeah is. there we go um, i've speaking, that card before speaking of things that we do together by putting our heads together i want to move into team topics the topic for this week is me winning a standard ptq in lincoln nebraska on wow you want a ptq I did. I'm surprised that you didn't know, since I told you already. Uh, As but... one of my friends would say, poggers. <laughs> As one of my other friends <laughs> might say, slothers. Slothers? Did you have a slothers in your deck? I did. I played a singleton slothers in my deck. That's probably why you won the tournament, is because you got to start a boil grazer. Uh -huh. Sure. Uh, it did block a lot of tutus. I definitely... Uh, See? There you go. say that, so... Yeah, I, I played Teamer Reclamation. I had a couple atypical choices in the deck, uh, being I played two Nissas instead of Gadwicks, as I wanted cards that were better against control. And um, 
I played two Hydroid Crisis in the main board. Those have kind of been moved to the sideboard as well, but I figured if I'm playing Nyssa, might as well play uh, Hydroid Crisis. I only played three Storm's Wrath in the main, too, because I wanted to be a little bit more set up against control decks as well, so I put the, the fourth Storm's Wrath in the sideboard. And that turned out to be the right call um, because this deck was... Uh, incredibly powerful against aggro i just like every aggro matchup whether it was black red or mono red just just felt incredibly easy to win um that might have been because i was drawing my cards in the right order but uh it also really did feel like you know a ram spell into a wilderness reclamation into you know into any like sort of brazen borrowers or thess's interventions uh was more than enough to beat the, um, to beat the aggressive decks, so it was. It definitely felt like I didn't need to devote more things to aggressive strategies. Now the sideboard definitely is devoted to beating aggressive strategies, but uh, they get so much better against you post sideboard that you do need to also get much better against them as well. So uh, that's that's why I had those atypical choices. The deck in general uh, definitely. You want ramp spells and you want wilderness reclamation. You will eventually find your win conditions. It's so, so easy to find them. I would definitely not worry about having a win condition in your hand. You want the lands, the ramp, um, and the wilderness reclamation. That's for sure. Uh, the uh, ex explosion with wilderness reclamation combo is how you often win. But just using it to draw six cards will also typically be enough to win you the game as well uh, it's th this deck was uh, super fun pretty pretty uh, intense if you are a fan of cantrips you'll definitely like this deck um, also if you're a fan of spending 26 mana on one turn uh, you'll also be a fan of this deck hey brandon uh could you just remind all of our eight eight listeners why you decide to play the deck i mean oh <laughs> did someone maybe recommend the the deck to you i'm not 100 percent sure wow a plus yeah. transition for the night for sure <laughs> definitely better than mine have been so yeah i definitely played the deck because of the team i was about to play rakdos knights just to have an aggressive deck you know play something like rakdos knights with four drill bits in the main board to kind of to kind of uh, help against combo and control, but uh, the, the the team came through and, and said, "No, you got to play Team of Reclamation." It was definitely the best deck. I responded multiple times saying, "There's no way I can't play that deck. It looks awful." Uh, and then I played it for two nights on MTG Arena, went seven and zero, and then went seven and zero at the PTQ to win the PTQ. <laughs> So, obviously, uh, somebody on the team was wrong <laughs> about it, the deck being playable, uh, that being me. <laughs> oh, I, I think man. a little bit of definitely stems from the previous format, right? The previous format, it was like, you when you played the Team of Reclamation deck, you would, you know, grow Spiral, and you'd do stuff, and... You would play your team of reclamation and then you, like without the expansion explosion you really weren't doing anything and then like with the new set like uro and um storm's wrath 
really, really helped the deck do stuff like because like Wilderness Reclamation gives you double the mana, right? But the things that they were doing before they got the double mana weren't good. Like you just like your sorcery speed stuff wasn't very good. But now that like your sorcery speed stuff's great, right? Like in that deck. Oh yeah, absolutely. The wrath has just been was was just incredible. Um, it was it was definitely bad against control. But uh, something you can see from this deck uh, is that it's like half new cards. You know, four storm most most lists have four storm wraths. You've got four with Thassa's intervention, three tight three Uro. Like it's almost half new cards. <laughs> so this set changed the deck a lot. All of your sorcery speed stuff now is stuff that you want in the game. So, yeah, you definitely have a lot better uses for your mana now. Uh, my my favorite uh, picture that I I posted on my, my Twitter at Sugoi underscore Tomlock, by the way, uh, was of Caroline <laughs> asking if I was going to play Team Wreck and me saying, I freaking hope not. That is that. That was absolutely my favorite. <laughs> it was so good. This in our show notes tonight. The only thing I really wrote in this thing was to always save your receipts. LOL, team or best deck. Yeah. So... <laughs> I actually didn't save that ahead of time. I did have to go back and find it, but I was <laughs> determined. I went back and found it, and now I get ten percent of your invites. So that's kind of cool. Well, I did earn a ten percent of an invite at Grand Prix, New Jersey. You can have that. Oh, can I have that? Yeah, I think so. I let's we'll petition Wizards. Um, I'll say I have my friend Caroline, aka the Mighty Lindley. They know who I am. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that's <laughs> right. Oh, they know already. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I'm an MVP. I'm on the list. Yeah, it's they've got this poster of of Caroline hanging up and. Un- hanging up in the office and un- underneath it just says remember it's called a toque um, <laughs> i really hope so that'd be amazing <laughs> so, i would be all about that yeah uh one thing about this deck it is a little difficult to play against control uh with that we're gonna segue into the punt of the week segment as my punt of the week involves playing against blue white control my punt of the week this week was uh, you can see in most of the sideboards, there are three or four mystical disputes. I had four, and I brought them in against blue-white control. All good. All good so far. And on uh, my opponent's turn three, they go to play a Teferi. And I look at my hand. I'm like, wow, this mystical dispute is really good against Teferi. Also, this Brazen Borrower is pretty good. And instead of casting the mystical dispute, I just... When my opponent is tapped out for a Teferi, I just cast the Brazen Borrower, and uh, it gets bounced, like a Brazen Borrower is wont to do. Um, that That is not how you should play that situation. Uh, in case you listeners need the uh, high-level plays from PTQ winner Tom Locke over here, from me, uh, you should counter instead. You should counter the Teferi. Um, it ended up not mattering, because... I recast the Brazen Bower on my turn with no mana up, and they had no answers, so their Teferi died to that Brazen Bower. That is not how that would typically go, Uh, fair warning to the listeners, but uh, when you're as lucky as I am, uh, that's what happens. Does anybody else have a punt that they wanted to share for this week? So I, uh, I don't have a magic punt, but I did go to Chipotle, and I accidentally ordered chicken instead of steak. Does that count as a punt? That was pretty. 
Chicken's great though. Uh, yeah, I love it every time. Definitely steak preferable for me. I don't know. I uh I have a nice punt. Um I was playing on stream and um I was playing against blue white control. So apparently blue white no one knows what the cards in blue white control do. Um uh but anyway, so my my opponent had made a zero four wall with the card of birth of Melitus, and I'm playing mono red aggro, and I'm like, oh okay, cool. Um that's fine. I still need to kill the Teferi that's in play. The Teferi's at one. So I'll just like recast my haste creature and I'll give my Tin Street. I can't remember the last part of that. Dodger. Uh, God, Tin uh, Street Dodger, yeah. Tin yeah. Street Dodger. Oh uh, my gosh. Like make it can't can't be blocked. Love right? it. And I like send that creature at the Teferi and the other creature at them. Love it. Right? <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden I look up. I'm like chatting with my chat and because I'm, I'm streaming this. And then I look up and I'm like, why isn't the Teferi dead? And then I just realize Tin Street, uh, Tin Street Dodger says it can't be blocked except for by wall or creatures with defender. Uh, so yeah, the Teferi stayed in play. The next turn, uh, the Teferi ticks up. I draw a haste creature and I'm like, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, uh, cursing myself in my brain. And I don't get to cast my haste creature. And then I like cast a, a creature at my end step and they just like end step cast a wrath. And uh, yeah, so you know everything went pretty well, <laughs> according to plan. Yeah, yeah. So they just have a very mile away. I'm so excited. Do you think um, he's? A, do you think the reason why he can't be blocked by wall except by walls is because he's like dodging down an alley and there's two walls on every side of him, and he's just really bad like at that. dodging the walls. Yeah, he just can't yeah. dodge the walls. So I have a question, Eric. Uh, yes. Would you think it's reasonable to represent that story that people don't know what the blue-white cards do? Or would you think it's more accurate to represent that story as to you didn't know what your cards did? Um, I think it's the blue-white cards. I always blame the blue-white cards. It's a well, lot easier that way. The thing is, is the blue-white card, it, it's already on in play, and it's just a wall. You know it's a wall. But you didn't know what your Tin Street Dodger did. Well, my Tin Street Dodger was also in play. Yes, but you didn't know it's it, it. The weakness came from the Dodger, not from the wall. The wall already existed as the wall. It did not change creature types on you. That's hey, but no one's ever blocked my Ten Street Dodger before, unless I let them. Yes, well, so... that that that's something. Okay. <laughs> Just saying, buddy. Blue white cards are fun card. and they surprise you all the time. <laughs> it's not a flash wall. <laughs> Didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> Restoration wall. Go. <laughs> New cards. Quick call, Watsi. We got one. Restoration wall. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, so, when you make a mistake, you often get better at the game. This is my personal favorite section. This is the getting lit section. This is the learning it section. What is something that you have been doing to get better at the game this week? Me, personally, it has been trusting my teammates to help me learn what the best deck is. Um, what's something that you have been doing to get better at the game to get lit? Uh, I'll go ahead first. Thank you. Um, so, tonight... We were talking about Pioneer decks before our meeting. Eric and I had probably a good 20-minute discussion about the intricacies of 
the blue black inverter deck and you know all kinds of different sideboard choices we could have uh, it was just really just not having played the deck i i needed some real high level insight so it was really nice and refreshing to get eric's you know like down and dirty tips and tricks with the deck so that was pretty exciting and then uh tomorrow i'll be playing a league with it to decide what i'll be playing this year, uh this month in my tournaments but um talking to eric about the inverter deck was really helpful for me today yeah i mean i i think that's like also one of the things that i'm doing to get better at the magic this or at magic this week is uh you know, just like uh, studying a bunch, uh, using my teammates to like kind of bounce things off of, and then um, and then you know just like trying to find what the best deck was, and then also like building a sideboard um, based on like what I can board out in each matchup, and then because like the sideboards from last week um, or like you know week I guess it is last week now um, aren't going to be great for the metagame that I'm going to play because the metagame is going to shift a little bit. Uh, so I want to make sure that my sideboard reflects that. And so like being able to talk to Sean um, and like Ben and stuff like that when when uh, we were testing this weekend um, or just like anybody else on the team um, about exactly what the sideboards was. Uh, I would talk to, you know, Caroline a little bit more, but she keeps just telling me to play the white cards because that's how, what I, I love to do. Um, but, you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was like, oh, what am I going to talk about during this segment? Um and yeah, thanks for the transition, because that's what I'm going to talk about. I have a slightly different approach to this format. Um, this format to me feels more like a modern format and less like a standard format. And by that, I mean, it is true in modern that you can show up to a tournament and you can definitely have metagame from that tournament. But it is also true in modern that you can show up with a deck that you've played for X number of years, months, days, hours that you feel comfortable with and still you know, do well. It's how, you know, the quad sleeve mill player still top eight GPs because they know their deck inside and out and they, they know how to play it. And, and that can be really important. It's why I've played a certain deck for a long time. Um, it's it's kind of why I found Tron and started playing it a lot instead of just every week trying to borrow cards and switch to a modern deck and get stressed out because I don't understand how my combo works. Um, and, and Pioneer to me is similar to that instead of Standard, where Standard, you really do have to play the best, best deck. You do have to message your teammates and say, you're wrong. You cannot play green and red cards unless you add blue cards, which is what <laughs> we tricked Brian into oh, no. doing. Um, and I think Pioneer is like that. So I've actually given this speech to multiple people this week, including myself, that has said like, hey, I know that like I have a friend who was really stressed about, you know, picking a deck it's one of their first pts um you know they haven't been playing a lot of the format they've only just been watching and they're on this inverter deck and i said you know i think i know you i know that you're a mono red player you've all of your top finishes have been in mono red from any from modern to standard to anything i believe that mono red is a playable deck in this format and you should play it unfortunately they did not agree with me <laughs> they are going to play an inverter of some sort um and that's fine. Like they're going to have a great time and, and that's totally okay. I, however, <laughs> took my own advice and was like, Hey, you're struggling to find a deck that, that you like in pioneer. You should play something you're more comfortable with, which ranges a little bit closer to aggro than mid range. Um, and so I actually took my own advice and I'm going to play mono red this weekend. And what Eric is saying is that I spent some time telling him like, Hey, I'm happy that you found a deck that's very outside your comfort zone. You've done a lot of testing you're really excited for it. You've done all this sideboard slots analysis. 
But ultimately, there is a deck in this format that is right up Eric's alley, which is Mono White, which I'm sure you've heard him talk about before. And so it surprised me that that wasn't where we started, that that wasn't, you know, where Eric spent most of his time. And then, you know, maybe he concluded that it wasn't great. Just sort of what happened, I guess, Eric. But I felt like you didn't really play the Mono White deck a lot. You just decided based on Twitter that it was bad. I played it a bunch. Oh, okay. I, uh, your the... message doesn't seem like you didn't play it. No, I played it a bunch. The 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 problem that I was having with the mono white deck is it, it. I feel like outside of the combo, it kind of struggles with its identity. Um, it it like gets like these kind of like beat downy hands, and then like tries to be a mid rangey deck, and then tries to also be a combo deck. But it like it doesn't do any of them particularly well. Um, but I I think it I, I think the deck is still good. Um, because it, it does fulfill a part of the the part of one of the, the, or the format that is kind of weak, and that is, I think people's removal isn't particularly well situated to deal with a lot of their threats, um, or, or they just like like a lot of decks lack of removal also um, like allows the white deck to be good um, because like they don't have enough enough answers for the threats, so they end up using their removal on like. Things like Daxos and um, and uh, and the like, instead of like saving it for like Walking Ballista because they like they kind of have to, but they they end up not because they're like worried about the pressure, and then they end up losing to the combo even though like they they've spent like two fatal pushes on like two two power creatures or something. So th- this is exactly why I think the deck is good from the Sultai point of view and the the Sultai Inverter point of view. Like we spent, I spent so much effort avoiding the combat combo like i would hold my spells i would make sure that i wasn't able to die to the combo i would ask a lot like can they make six mana (laughs) um or do they need to make six mana because there's some weird combination of cards where they don't have to have six mana and ultimately i would just die to these two twos and three threes and you know they would grow with um you know with daxos and and heliod in play and um it was just getting like almost too hard to handle like there was really games where i stabilized the board i killed their their walking blister were totally good um you know i'm you know everything is going well i'm actually starting to do damage to them and then they just top deck their walking blister and kill me and it's like well what what was this game and, and that's why i found the deck to be really good i don't know and, and i was just surprised inverter is very similar for being honest like you spend all the effort like you know, thoughts using their hand and like putting pressure on the board, and then they just like get the six mana and then kill you. And you're like, ah, no. <laughs> oh, no. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll definitely agree that like you can, you can definitely situate yourself to have like a, a pretty solid DB down plan and, and force them to use answers. My, my thing was more like, I think that the decks in Pioneer are misbuilt currently to deal with the mono white deck, right? So, like, the, the soul type decks that you were playing. Like, while it is built to be efficient in what it's trying to do, I think, like, in the future, if the white deck is a player, I, I think that, like, currently my sideboard, for instance, in my blue-black control deck, is, like, I have Fatal Push main, I have Heroes Downfall main, I have Braska's Contempt main, but I also have Nauseous Grasp and Doomblades in the sideboard. Um, so, like, I have a lot of removal so that I don't have, like, I can use removal on the early creatures and then also still have removal left over um to beat like the the combo as well definitely makes sense to me so speaking of the decks that you're going to be using in your upcoming events what are those events 
you've got at least uh, GP Phoenix coming up. What will be happening after that? Uh, oh, wait. Well, is this... Brandon. Brandon. The, uh, is this, the the where, is, this is my segment? Is that what's happening? Hold on, hold yes. on, hold on. I got this one. I got oh. this one. So we know that I'm going to Phoenix. To we know that Sean's going to be home. Um, Brandon is kind of up in the air, but <laughs> Caroline, where will you be? Okay, thanks, Eric, for saving that one. That <laughs> I hope, this is where the, the sweet music usually plays, BT dubs. Always look on the bright side of life. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I got that one covered. Don't worry. Caroline, you don't even know. There's no music. Yeah. There is. There was at least one week where there was music because yeah. I sent it to Brasky. One time. <laughs> My spies told me about it. Thing. <laughs> I think it's just been one time. Not that I guess I don't remember exactly, but I did listen to I listened to all of our podcasts. So I just remember the one time. But it was so, grand the one time. Nice. I wish it was every week. It's great. Uh, so yeah, yeah, this is a little segment where I used to like to kind of talk about myself. I mean, about what's happening in magic. Um, and it usually revolves around me in some way. What a coincidence. Um, this weekend we got coming up is both uh, Grand Prix Phoenix and Players Tour North America. Or wait, is it called North America? Is it I think so. I think it's called America. I thought it was America. Yeah. Is it the Americas? I don't even realize I don't know what it's called. <laughs> it ha- it can't be just called North America because, yeah, right. uh, I'm it's not sure. South America has to go to right. I think it's just Americas. We can check. I'll check real quick. Um. Anyway, I should know this, but that's happening this weekend in Phoenix, um, February seventh, which is the Friday all the way to the ninth. Um, Friday we'll actually have coverage of day one of the players tour which is pretty sweet uh that format is going to be draft in the morning three rounds and then let's call the americas uh draft in the morning three rounds and then five rounds in the afternoon of pioneer uh players will need a record of five and three or better to make it to the next day of the tournament um on the next day they will play another eight rounds however up until round 15, at round 15, you will then calculate based on your record on the players' points that you will earn that tournament, and then also whether or not you qualified for the next one. That one I'm less confident on. And then they'll play around 16, and that will qualify for prizes and for top eight. So very confusing, very hard to follow, but ultimately not really affecting the, the viewer. Um, so if you are confused about whether or not people got players points or not, I wouldn't worry too much about it unless you're there. And then I can try and help you find that out if you need me to. Um, but keep in mind, it is a little different than usual. This is the third players tour in the last week of, of the cycle. So instead of having one pro tour where all of these chunks of people would be there in the same time, they have three different ones. So a little bit different, a little bit smaller. I will say that the America's one is supposed to be kind of big, like close to 400 is the estimate I heard. Um, whereas in reference, the Nagoya one was like 136 people or something. So a little bit different in sizing, um, which is one of the reasons of this confusing system for what it's worth. Um, and then also the Grand Prix will be happening on a Saturday. Um, I hope that I will be the only one on our team playing in the Grand Prix because that would mean that uh, our teammate Ben, who is qualified, made day two of his tournament and our teammate Eric, who's going to 
luck sack his way into the players tour through last chance qualifier will also have qualified for day two so hopefully i'll be playing alone well i guess for Ta- tanya and i will be playing uh in the grand prix while you got you guys are playing in the little until that little jab I, uh i was gonna... i forgot about tanya <laughs> well no i was gonna say until that little jab i was like i was like you you've been getting on me about about winning one of these lcqs you're gonna uh, do it it's gonna just happen. It's just silly that you're just going to call your shot. I'm just annoyed. You're going to do so. Um, so coming up after that, we've, we've spent a lot of this segment, this these segments over the last uh, little while talking about Pioneer, talking about Players Tour. Um, but unfortunately, after this weekend, we are moving on from that. Um, coming up the following weekend, February 14th to 16th, is the Magic World Cup. 10-10-6 uh, of 26th. Okay, cool. Um, and it's pretty interesting. Um, there's some new things going on with this World Cup. Um, there's actually a ton of new things. I could talk about this for a long time, but one is it's all on arena. Very different. Uh, there was actually Twitter speculations, which teaches us to not do that, that there'd be no limited in this format. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, that is not true. I should say, because they have announced sort of, they tweeted a really cryptic tweet about it, that there will be limited in some format. We don't really quite know what that's going to look like, but I imagine it involves some sort of paper draft uh, and then imported into arena. And, and I assume the matches would be played out on arena. I have no information on that. I, that's just a guess. <laughs> uh, and then an interesting thing that we didn't really get to talk about last week, because there's a lot of pioneer stuff, but there's actually going to be this thing where stores in your local area can host something called a viewing party. It's kind of sort of meant to emulate like the Super Bowl viewing parties. Um, so they'll be holding events and the formats are up to them. Um, I believe they'll be like you know maybe limited or standard or whatever the store kind of thrives at um and they are given a promo to give out i don't even think that it's really dictated how they have to give out the promo it could be random door prizes or maybe you know for for winning the tournament i'm not sure it really is up to your store as well yeah some combination but it's gonna be crucible of worlds uh, the photo I saw on Twitter did not make the card look really cool, but I have actually done some research and apparently it's just like a really weird like image of the card, but the actual print of the Crucible of Worlds looks super cool in the promo. So that's pretty cool. So two things. Um, One, these are only hosted by WPN premium stores. So uh, for example, I have no idea what that means. Sure. Yeah, uh, it means a very specific set of requirements like number of unique players blah 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 blah. Uh, however there are no uh, WPN unique or sorry there are no WPN premium stores in the state of Iowa for example so if you're in Iowa sorry uh, you got to drive all the way to Lincoln to get to a WPN premium store the other thing is that you said they wanted to make it similar to like a Super Bowl viewing party uh, and I assume that this is because when you go to a Super Bowl viewing party uh, you also play football uh, for example, that is what the WPN store viewing party in Lincoln is going to be. It's going to be a tournament as well. So, uh, a football know. tournament? <laughs> no, no, no. Wow, I'd you be know. really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> what meta game do you have to have for football? <laughs> helmets or no helmets? How many footballs do you bring to a football game? I don't even know. Um, and then the last thing on the list is DreamHack Anaheim, which is coming up kind of pretty quickly, uh, February twenty first and twenty third. And uh, Brandon can tell me if I'm wrong, but I heard a rumor that the day one is on a Friday and the day two is on a Sunday. Is that correct? That is uh, incorrect. The day two is on a Saturday. The day three is on a Sunday. So, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was talking to someone and they they sounded like they were going to go to Disneyland between them because they thought they didn't have to play on the day too. So it's confusing. Um, it is. And yeah, that one's really cool. That's another arena tournament. So we're kind of back-to-back tournaments, but this is one that you can participate in. Um, I believe this is something that is worth following over the next year. Um, DreamHack is well known in other digital card game worlds and other digital games um, for really putting on some pretty cool and well-funded tournaments. Um, and they have they tweeted earlier this year that that was their commitment to Magic this year. Um, a lot of or four different tournaments throughout the year with a bunch of prize money. Um, and I actually don't know if it was confirmed, but I be- like it feels likely that there may be invites to uh, players tours on the line, but I'm not actually sure. Brandon, it's confirmed know? the winner will get okay. an invite to the um, the Arena Mythic Championship. It it felt like something that would happen, and it's at the stage where that would make sense. I just couldn't remember if it had been confirmed. Yes, it is confirmed. It's on their website as well as the Magic.gg website. And then as to where I'm going to be in the world, I will be in Phoenix as pre-discussed, but I will not be at Worlds and I will not be at DreamHack. Instead, I'll be skiing in a lovely mountain uh, in the, you know, not Rockies, the interior mountains is what they're called, in British Columbia. So if you want you want to come and hang out there, you can't because I'm going with friends. So <laughs> You're not invited. <laughs> You're not invited. Something that you can do is tell us if you appreciated this show on Twitter, uh, visit us at Sequoia Gaming on Twitter. Uh, something else that you can do is check us out next week. You know, we're going to wrap it up for now, but we'll always be back next week. Hopefully, Brasky will be back so we have some improved transitions. Uh, we'll, next week, we'll talk about how, uh, of course, Conan Hawk qualified for the Pro Tour. And I'm going to call uh, finish in the top 64. Um, I think that'll be that, 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 that. That's about where I would set the line, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy hearing us, hearing about hearing about us there. Uh, and another thing that I would love you all to check out is this Saturday on Twitch.tv/slash AspirantCCG will be the first week of the Venus and Mercury League. Uh, should be a fun broadcast. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of excited. A lot of a lot of women and non-binary folk excited for that first week, and should have been some excited casters as well. Uh, as always, if you want to learn more about Sugoi, you can visit www.sugoi.com. Meet all the members of our various teams. You can find me talking all things magic and pictures of my son at Sugoi underscore Tom Locke on Twitter. Uh, I stream every sometimes at twitch.tv slash TomLock. You can find Caroline at MightyLinguini on Twitter, Instagram at TheMightyLinguini, and Twitch. No, wait. You want to do your own? We do our own. All right. You can do your own. (laughs) We have our own spin on it. Um, You can find me on Twitter at the Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-A-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at the Mighty Linguini. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash the Mighty Linguini. I uh, stream on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Um, I always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. Um, I will not be streaming this week because we're headed off to Phoenix, but I will likely be recording my VML match and setting that off. So hopefully 
if it's really fun and exciting, it might make its way onto the coverage that Brennan just talked about. Um, and if not, then back, I'm back in Vancouver next week. So I'll be streaming a little bit more from there. Uh, people can find me. Um, I'm sorry, my, my spin's not very exciting, uh, you know, kind of like me. Um, but you can find me at Conan Hawk on Twitter, uh, or you can find me twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. I uh, usually stream Monday through Friday. Uh, as Caroline was saying that I, I will be, or we will be traveling. So um, I'll be going to Phoenix starting on, I guess, Wednesday night. So I'll be streaming Wednesday, but not Thursday or Friday this week. Uh, I should be getting in Monday morning, so I should be able to stream Monday. So that shouldn't be affected, but this this Thursday and this Friday, I will not be streaming. So, yeah. And you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Mr. Toolshed or slash Mr. Toolshed where I play random card games or video games. Uh, I'll probably be playing some Magic in the next couple weeks to play some Pioneer, but um, come hang out. It's popping off. You know, talk to me about bad blue-white decks. I'll be your friend forever. So, uh, bye. <laughs> Thank you all very much. I appreciate you all doing this podcast with me. And Wait. Okay. Go ahead. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Again, I want to say, if you made it to the end of this episode, I want to say thank you very much for listening. I, Like I said, I apologize that I'm not as good as Brasky. Uh, but if you have any feedback for me, you please send it to me on Twitter or in an email. Please don't tell me that I'm just worse than Brasky. I know that already. Um, but let me know if you had any feedback about this week's episode. Thank you very much. Sask.